You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04 a.m. 8.05 a.m. has just switched over all too quickly. <laughs> it's come time for our next quiz question, please, Lawson. Yeah, here we go. The next quiz question. It's multiple choice. What are the names of Joseph's two sons? Is it A, John and Mark, B, Cain and Abel, C, Ephraim and Manasseh, or D, Dan and Naphtali. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. Again, let's run through those options again. What are the names of Joseph's two sons? Mm. Is it A, John and Mark, B, Cain and Abel, C, Ephraim and Manasseh, or D, Dan and Naphtali? 0491-064-669. Of course, our prize for this week is the amazing Revive Cafe Cookbook number eight. We have, well, number eight is has a particular focus on desserts and all things healthy, tasty, plant-based dessert. And again, like Jeremy Dixon, world-renowned, you know, we're not swindling you with like, look guys, we've got plant-based desserts and it's actually just a piece of avocado with brown sugar on top. Like we're talking about actual, uh, even though that, that sounds like a, potentially be yum um it's it's these are legit incredible like mind-boggling recipes at you know the idea that that they're so healthy and so good for you but also uh that they are so sweet and tasty Mm, yum 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 so you want to have that cookbook, Absolutely. Revive Cookbook number 80491064669 is the number to text. Hey, how good was the segment by Brad? Um, there's always so much more to, to talk about when we have time with Brad. Um, mm. And he was talking about law and grace. And I love the fact that he actually really gave um, really practical analogies to today's day and age, you know, even mm. in his closing story of, you know, a policeman comes to you and, you know, know you've been speeding and you know and how law and grace play out in that particular scenario when the you know policeman says i will give you grace you know um Mm. i had that actually happen the other week when i actually had to pay a fine (laughs) (laughs) i rang rang up revenue what is it revenue revenue new south wales new south wales i was about to say south australia i'm not in south australia for years i'm in new south wales and they said, well, actually, because you've had a really good, you know, record of never speeding, it's like, we'll drop this fine. Yeah. <laughs> and Danuta, I thought that was grace amazing. right there. Wasn't that beautiful? So, Dan- yeah, it does happen to us, you Danuta, know. Danuta, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I can't relate, but um, but regardless, uh, living our best lives here. You know, I just I just had just, just a couple of minutes ago, like, just the best, just like the best – over, over the overwhelmingly best feeling in the whole world. You know what? You know what Why happened what two happened? minutes ago. I have been trying to remember the title of a song for like the last twenty four hours that's been stuck in my head, and it it has eluded me. Mm-hmm. And then you had that moment where you remember, and it's just like the pr- the pressure release from like your brain from everything. I felt like my entire being was being consumed in this pursuit of trying to work out what this song was. And now I'm just like, oh, just like I just feel good. Like I feel, I feel sweet relief. I feel complete. <laughs> like I, I feel I feel complete. <laughs> I feel happy. I feel stoked and and absolutely keen to jump into our Bible study for this morning. Uh, on we're, we're talking about mission and we're talking about this very interesting topic today, which is a prophetic foundation. 
Absolutely. And so we're continuing on from our study yesterday about the sharing of the good news. And we are looking at, um, we're actually looking at mission, of course, uh, throughout the whole series. We're looking at motivation and preparation for mission. Yesterday, we looked at the sharing of the good news. And we actually looked at Luke chapter 24, which is when Jesus had risen and the women actually went to the tomb. They saw that the tomb was empty and they ran back to the 11 disciples. Mm. 11, of course, because Jesus had 12. Judas is carried, of course, um, you know, took his life when when he sold Jesus for um, for silver and um, and basically, yeah. And then we see the story of the road to Maus, which I think is really important. We're actually going to jump jump into um, Luke. 24 and verses 20, 36 to 49. We will give you a bit of context, but we're actually going as in what happens between verse 12 and then verse 39. Sorry, verse 36, I should say. Um, what happens between that once we've actually read these verses, because I think then it will actually tie a whole lot better. So can mm. we actually read Lawson, Luke chapter 24, verse 36 to 49, please? Oh man. Okay. So we've got a, a bit of a, bit of a passage here. The Bible starts off in Luke chapter 24, verse 36. It says, now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and he said, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. But he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you uh, as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and he ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus is it written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise to the dead rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And you are my witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Mm, what a fabulous passage. I love it here. And, you know, when it starts off in verse 36, and he said to them, you know, peace to you. And they were actually frightened and terrified. They thought they'd seen a spirit. My mind also goes back to the story, doesn't it, of, of the storm. Mm. Where Jesus, uh, you know, the disciples are in the boat. They just see Jesus. Uh, they they think it's a spirit. They see a spirit. They think it's a spirit that they're seeing out on the water. But it's actually mm. Jesus, and he says, "Peace be still." So mm. here he says, "Peace to you," and they are actually terrified and frightened here as well because they think they've seen a spirit. But in fact, it's actually Jesus, isn't it? You know, he, he's he's been resurrected now. Okay, mm. and what happens? Let's let's give a bit of context here. So between the story of uh, at the start of Luke 24, where Jesus is risen, the women have actually gone to the tomb. They go back to the disciples. Peter then runs out and actually sees the empty tomb as well. And then Jesus appears to his disciples. Yeah. 
And what we actually see here in between is that there's a two of two of them that are actually going to on the road to Emmaus. Mm. Okay, so they're going out of Jerusalem, um, and it's about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they're talking over things, and they see while they're actually conversing, and what happens then? Well, as they're chatting away, this you know third. A person walking down the road starts walking with them yeah. and starts asking them questions. Hey, why are you guys so sad? And they turn to this guy and they say, why are we sad? Like mm. this person who we thought was the Messiah just died on the cross. Like this is, this has been, have you not been in Jerusalem? Like the, the, he was g- g- he was uh, put to death by Pontius Pilate and by the religious leaders. Like, have you not seen what's going on here? What not? And this person's like, oh, no, it's, it's, hey, it's fine. Hey, well, let's talk about this Messiah for a little bit and starts sharing the Bible with them. And once they arrive in the place in which they, you know, come to and, and after expounding on what's in the scriptures and eating together, ultimately these two guys realize, these two disciples realize that they've been talking with the resurrected Jesus the whole time. Mm. By the time they realize that, Jesus is actually gone. From gone. Them. Now they turn around. They walk back from Emmaus to Jerusalem to to tell the other disciples Absolutely. about what's happened here. And they want to share the good news. That's right. And this is when this situation unfolds in which the disciples are all meeting in the upper room and then Jesus shows up and starts to explain from the scriptures again, as he did with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, he starts explaining from the scriptures what has happened, why it has happened, and the result of that happening, which is that, okay, I've come, I lived, I've died, I resurrect to save everyone from their sins, and now I'm calling you to be my disciples and my proliferators of that message. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. And so this becomes a real significant turning point, doesn't mm. it? Because their sadness turns to joy, really, mm. in, 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 in just moments when they actually realise that. And actually mark some, you know, like I, how you know, I like to mark things in my Bible, hey. Mm. And if we look back on, on chapter 24 and verse 17, and sorry, and then 18 as well, um, it says, what kind, what kind of conversation is, Jesus is saying this to, to them as they're walking to the road to Mass. What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Um, and, and it says, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And so yeah, here no. I actually just think it's, it, you know, my mind went straight to the fact is that when we actually see or, you know, think that Jesus is a stranger to us in our lives today, mm. we do have fear. Um, and, you know, and, 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 and we don't believe, but we actually, the thing is that he doesn't have to be a stranger to us. Mm. He can be close just as he was walking with them on the road to Emmaus. In other words, Jesus is right there, but it's actually how we perceive Jesus and how we want to choose to respond to him as to whether we see him as being close to us or a total stranger. Mm. Yeah, I also see this very much as like, 
you know, the, these disciples, they're very much in the know of what's happened and yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And often, like, ignorance isn't a desirable trait for Mm-mm. one to possess. Mm-mm. And I, I know that, you know, I've had conversations with people before and, and you're having a conversation about a really maybe serious topic or a group conversation. And then there's that, maybe that one person that's like really ignorant to what you're saying. It's like, come on, bro. Like, don't you know what we're talking about here? Like, don't you know what's going on? And, and it's, and you kind of have that small moment of casting judgment upon them of like, bro, you don't even like know that such and such or da da da. Like, come on, man. Like, like this is, this is what's happening. Like, this Mm -hmm. is what's in the know. And they assume that about Jesus. Like, they assume that this person isn't in the know. He's probably like, oh, who is this ignorant guy? And yet, obviously, well, what's really happening here is it's not that Jesus isn't in the know. If anyone knows, it's Jesus because he's the one who's just died on the cross. Uh, But I I feel as though that this, um, this, for for the disciples here, like, if... They have the opportunity to turn to Jesus, to learn from him here, mm-hmm. and to see that, oh, despite their perception of, oh, this is Jesus who is, well, they don't know it's Jesus at the time, but, oh, who's this ignorant guy? Ultimately, he has something to share with them that is far and above and beyond and, and more important uh, and greater than, than, and greatly contextualizes the events that have just happened. Like what Jesus is offering them is like, oh, hey, no, I've come to give you real knowledge, real wisdom, real understanding from the sure word of Scripture. And that and that's the key, isn't it, is from the sure word of Scripture. Mm. He doesn't just talk, mm. you know, because sometimes, and we can go to sometimes, you know, um, we, 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 we can have conversations with people about Jesus or about God, but unless we point them to Scripture, there mm. cannot be the conviction and there cannot be the foundation because the Word is the true foundation, okay, mm. in every way. And that's why I love in verse 27, it actually says, um, you know, and begin, so I'll start from verse 25 and says, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets had spoken. Mm. In other words, had been foretold, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures and things concerning himself. So here's the thing. There's two, two key things. Here he actually goes and talks about all the way. He goes right back to Moses. Mm. the books of Moses, and he takes them right through the journey of how in the Old Testament, of course, for them, that's what they had. It's what they called the Torah, okay, the the, the Torah. So the scriptures, um, and they actually had, and, and they had, uh, sorry, they had the, the Old Testament then as well in every way. And so they knew that. And Jesus actually then points it out right the way from Genesis through Numbers, through Deuteronomy, through uh, Book of Isaiah, which is a, a strong prophetic book, through Jeremiah, which is another strong prophetic prophetic book through Zechariah, another strong prophetic Mm. book, all the way through the Old Testament. And he actually takes them all the way through. But here's the other thing. Here's the second key thing. He was talking about that, about predicting, you know, about his death, that he would die and that in three days, you know, he would rise again. Basically, that um, that he pointed them to the scriptures 
all the time. Mm. God's word. So here what, what we're seeing completely is that it's a vital thing that Jesus was pointing to the teachings about himself and therefore we are to be grounded in God's word as well. And so when he actually did that and then he actually appeared to them, you know, their eyes, and then verse 31 it says, then their eyes were open. See, earlier in verse um, 16 we said, but their eyes were restrained. In other mm. words, covered. You know, they couldn't see. They did not. And so they did not know him when our eyes are opened here's the key um and i think of that song open our eyes lord we want to see Mm. jesus you Mm. know because we do when our eyes are open we then do see jesus and then when we do see jesus we can experience him in a Mm. more powerful in a in a very real and experiential way that transforms us because the holy spirit works on our hearts and Mm. that's when he then appears to the disciples and he says peace be with you you know why are you so troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts you know and so we see on the road to emmaus with these too that Jesus, uh, you know, their eyes are open, they experience Jesus, but then now he comes to them in, in, in a very real way. Yeah, absolutely. He he comes to them here, he starts to, to share, to expound as to what is happening in the Bible, and I love what you're sharing, Danuta, as to scripture ultimately being the basis of what we believe and what we what we understand and particularly what we reason over and how it is that we come to conclusions about oh okay this is what it looks like to follow god and i know particularly living in a a 2023 context we see quite a spectrum of different beliefs regarding the bible but when it comes to okay but what is the bible actually saying how do we determine that it's from it's from scripture itself you know, it's from referencing and, and editing and 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 well, editing is probably the wrong word, but uh, it, it's from using scripture as as that foundation. And just recently, I had a, um, a you know a, a circumstance in one of my classes. I, I have a class that has like a bunch of. Uh, theology students, which is my degree, so you know that, that kind of theological route, and then a bunch of non-theology students, counselling students, you know, education students, and whatnot. And there was a one of our assignments is like write a Bible study about justification by faith, which mm. is you know fantastic, mm, great topic, uh, like a fantastic topic to write about and whatnot. And a you know good friend of mine, uh, he's he's writing a Bible study. He's not a theology student. Uh, he's he's a different student. But he's writing a Bible study. He's like, yeah, I wrote my Bible study and I sent it in early. And the lecturer said, like, it wasn't good enough because I, I wasn't citing. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, the rubric doesn't necessarily say we have to cite, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of, like, you, we need to have, um, we need to cite in terms of, of, of having lots of external secondary sources and whatnot. So I don't see the problem there. But, you know, what does he mean? He's like, and he showed me his, his work and it's a Bible study. With no Bible verses. He mm. just kind of said like, oh, yes, I think Jesus is this, and I think Jesus is mm. and I think Jesus is this. It's just the thought, thoughts. And, 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 and I'm not like faulting the guy because he's never written or given or done a Bible study with anyone in his life. But, you know, I was like, oh, and I, and I started to explain to him like, okay, when, when the Bible says, or when our rubric is saying, like when we're saying, okay, we're going to write a Bible study and write about these topics, so key and so important that we do that based on the Bible, that we mm. go from verse to verse to verse it's using like what that. The Bible Says. That's right. Using that as our foundation and our evidence. And you can do that a number of different ways. There's um, expository Bible teaching, which is that you work through a particular 
passage of scripture and you bring out the meaning, you bring out the, you know, you do exegesis. There is a more a topic or, or verse by verse or, or what we would call, um, you know, a weight of evidence Bible study, mm. which is where you look at a group of verses that talk about a particular topic and then come to a conclusion as to what the outcome is of that verses, of those verses. But the point is, is that if you don't have scripture as your foundation you really don't have truth and you know who knew this more than anyone else jesus himself Mm. and that's what he's doing with the disciples here he's like guys like what i'm sharing you is with you is expounding on what the scripture says is expounding on what god has already revealed to prove to you Mm. why it is that i'm here the gap and the divide that is perceived for some reason mm. by Christians between the Old Testament and the New Testament, it just simply doesn't exist. And th- and who says that? Who Who's making that point? Well, it's Jesus himself. He's like, the reason I'm here is because of the way that God has worked up until this point, and I will prove and justify my existence as the Savior. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It has come time for our next quiz question, please. Lawson. Yes, here we go. Complete this saying in the Bible. I can do all things through Christ who blanks me. Mm. You know the answer to that one? 0491 Of course, it's from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. If you know what that says, very, very famous passage of the Bible. Very. And I was just thinking the clue is... Yeah, well... The clue is... Well, this was one of the very first Bible verses I memorized. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Hey, it's also the Bible verse that's on my my preaching Bible, the case that I've got it in. Oh. This this verse is on the front. Oh, cool. So, yeah, yeah. so if you know those, if you can work them out, that's the answer. That's right. <laughs> um, complete this <laughs> saying in the Bible, I can do all things through Christ who blank me. You almost said it, didn't you? Who blanketh me. <laughs> hey, 0491 You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We've we've had a, a, a couple internet issues. Uh, we can see some issues with the stream, but we can see you guys coming in slowly by slowly, so we are getting that resolved as quickly as we possibly can. Look, you guys are listening to us this morning, and we're continuing talking about, well, Luke chapter 24, and what is happening here as Jesus interacts with his disciples well, regarding what it is that he has achieved and what it is that he's done and explaining that via the words of Scripture and the words of prophecy and, and inserting himself, and I think rightfully so, I wouldn't say in a sense of Jesus, but it, it, inserting himself in the biblical narrative and saying, hey, you see this, this is talking about me. You see this, right. this is talking about what I've done. This is talking about God's mission and how it's been fulfilled in me. And I love the fact, too, that he actually shows his nail-scarred hands and his oh, feet yeah. as well. Like, you know, um, that's the thing. One of the things, you know, from as childhood years that we've learned that the, what what were we, how we recognize Jesus apart from who he is in heaven is his nail-scarred hands. Mm. Um, you know, that, that the sign of the fact that he died for you and I on mm. the cross. Um, um, and that, that remains. But, you know, he says here, and we were unpacking just before we went to the last song about the importance of scriptures and how 
how Jesus went directly to the scriptures. And our topic today is a prophetic foundation. Mm. Of course, that prophecies pointed to Jesus and that he also spoke of himself, you know, to, uh, of, of, of his death and, you know, um, uh, to the disciples before, of course, he went, he went to the cross, you know, that that would actually happen. But prophecies point us and they're a sure foundation that they are fulfilled. The only remaining prophecy, of course, to be fulfilled now is, you know, according to God's word, the key one is about the second coming of Jesus. Mm. And so with all these prophecies, including the fact that Jesus here says about the prophecies and he um, unpacks them from the Old Testament, points to him, um, uh, you know, his first coming and, of course, his death on the cross, we know that the second coming is a sure thing. And I love here, she says in verse 44 of chapter 24 of Luke, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And here it ties in, it goes together. Verse 45, and he opened their Understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Mm. So early in the on the road to Emmaus, he their eyes were open, right? And here now with the disciples, he opens their understanding so that they'll comprehend the scriptures. Mm. And here's the real key: like you were saying before uh, the song uh, came on, Lawson, that when we actually start, you know, talk about Jesus and salvation and um, and we shouldn't just just point people, you know, just say this is what I think or this is how it happened. No, it's like what does the Bible say? What mm. do the scriptures say? And here we actually, you know, praying before we actually open God's word, and we always pray here at the start of Faith FM before we go on air every morning. Mm. Um, and and you know, when we when I'm, we're studying out God's word at home, we actually pray because we actually ask God to open our eyes and mm. our understanding. Why? Because when we actually gain understanding, we are more likely, as he says there, to comprehend the scriptures, but but more than that, to to then apply it to our lives. Yeah, I love. When it. we understand, we're more likely to apply it. Yeah, I love this because, again, the the advice that's given here is like, guys, I'm sharing with you all this truth so that so that you can you know have your your mind open, you know, your third eye open, and yes. you can like obviously God wants to give us understanding, but He contextualizes that here by saying that you might comprehend the scriptures. That's I it. think. That's we key. simply cannot underestimate uh-huh. how important scripture is. Oh. And and I loved what we were talking about with Brad. You know, he was making this point uh, in our interview with him of, of people seemingly for some reason think that it's logical to neglect the law mm. for the sake of love, right? Mm. And, and it seems as though uh, some rhetoric that I've heard is that people will say things like, Oh, it's not, it's not all about truth. It's not, it's not all about, it's just all about like, again, that idea of all, it's all about just finding love and finding Jesus. And if you're okay, if you're okay, if you're, if you're doing okay, then then that's okay. Then that's Mm. good. And, And it's a rhetoric that I think is just so inappropriate according to what the Bible says, like clearly here. This, like the scripture and the importance of scripture and its application to our lives is of, of high, you know, high importance, priority to God. And I will say though, it was also Jesus's that said, you search the scriptures. Mm hmm. 
thinking you have eternal life. Yo. Yet these are they that testify of me. And this that is, this, is and, and this is the point that he's making. Some people will use that uh, in, in a sense to say, oh, see, Jesus is saying, you know, the scriptures, they're the scriptures, but it's, it's all about Jesus, man. No, no, no. Jesus is saying that, that you're actually lost, even if you search the scriptures, if you don't see Jesus in them. Mm. But what, he's, what he isn't saying is, oh, so the scriptures don't matter. He's like, actually... They do the matter. The are all about me. That's like, right. Like, this is all about me. And the question for us is like, okay, we want to be the most Jesus-y Jesus people ever. Like, we want to be 100% yeah, a nice on board. Line. We, want, like we want to be in the Jesus yeah. camp. Like, all See. these things. But does that come to the neglect of our knowledge of Scripture? No, 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 no. On the contrary, it is the knowledge of Scripture. It is our interaction with Jesus in Scripture that actually enables us to have that experience. Oh, enables us and gives us the joy and not the fear that we see yep. that they were experiencing because their eyes were closed. But when mm. we understand, when we comprehend, mm. when we see the beauty of Jesus, we have the joy that passes all understanding, yep. you know, in every mm-hmm. way. And therefore, we want to be witnesses. We want to share. And so the powerful motivation for witness for mission is the word of God. Mm. That mm. is the thing. That is the ultimate thing. The word of God is our motivation for witnessing and for mission in mm. every way. Um, when we have our eyes opened and we want to not only just be the ones that have our eyes open, but we want to encourage others to have their eyes open. And so if you are listening today, we want to encourage you, go to God's Word, open God's Word, even just go to the passage that we have covered today because that's a really great one. Mm. Um, you know, Luke 24 unpacks it just beautifully mm. about how when our eyes are closed, what actually happens. But when our eyes are open, how we get this beautiful experience with Jesus we don't go by feelings. We don't go by, I feel this way and therefore I'm saved. We, we've, I feel this way and therefore, you know, and, and I believe in Jesus. I go mm. by feelings and then sharing those feelings. No. God wants us to be grounded in his word, to be solid in every way. And therefore, we then know that we are experiencing Jesus by being solid in the, in his word because we understand it in every mm. single way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's come time for us to give the answers to our quiz questions for today. Take it away, Lawson. Hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show and here are some answers to the quiz. In a parable found in three of the four Gospels, what small thing did Jesus compare to the kingdom of God? It was a mustard seed. Yeah, yeah. There are other small things that have been mentioned as well in the mm. Gospels, but only once or twice. This one's mentioned three times, and that's why we're going for a mustard seed. Tiny, tiny, the, the tiniest thing. Yeah, the next one here, Lebanon was famous for what kind of tree? It was the cedar tree, the mm. Lebanon cedar, which I believe is the tree that's on their flag. I'm, I'm, I'm like pretty sure. But yeah, the Lebanon cedar, of course, it was cedar from Lebanon that I believe they received, uh, you know, to build the temple. Uh, I think David received a number of Lebanon cedars to build his house and whatnot. Like, yeah, this is a very, very famous, beautiful, strong, amazing tree. Some great wood there. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to add there. So, yes, it is the cedar tree. Mm-hmm. And it symbolizes eternity, steadiness, happiness, and prosperity. That's what oh, it signifies powerful. on the flag. Damn, that's amazing. Here we go. Next one here. After casting lots, Joseph Barsabbas lost out at becoming what? 
And the answer to that one was an apostle to replace Judas. There was a number of them up for mm. replacing Judas. And, and Matthias won. It, that's right. Matthias won. Joseph Barsabbas lost out. But, you know, I'm sure he was living his best life as a disciple. The next one here, we've got what are the names of Joseph's two sons? And it was none other than, and this is different Joseph. This isn't Joseph Barsabbas. But mm. this is the Joseph who had two sons named Ephraim and Manasseh. Joseph being the son of Jacob, Jacob here. And so, yeah, if you said John Mark or Cain and Abel or Dan and Aftali, the, the closest, well, Dan and Aftali are, are, are sons of Jacob. So that would have been, in terms of a, of a chronology, like that would have been the closest answer. But no, it was Ephraim and Manasseh, who Ephraim and Manasseh become like the last two tribes of the nation of Israel. Absolutely. And I love the meaning, you know, in verse, if I can read those just quickly, Lawson, mm. in chapter 41 of Genesis 51 and 52, Manasseh, he called his name Manasseh, the firstborn, for God has met, made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And in verse 52, the second child, Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Of course, this was at the time when he was in Egypt. He was, um, you know, and, and he was away from his family, you know, later on the stories that the brothers actually come and of course mm. you know there's the famine bit that's why they come but so yeah that i love the meanings that he has actually and the, the, the names that he's chosen for his two sons mm. absolutely and then finally here complete this saying in the bible i can do all things through christ who Strength strengthens me. me that's philippians chapter four thirteen, and great work for everyone who has been playing today who has been getting answers correct uh and yeah you know this final passage as well like this this has to be well i think it's like one of the top five verses in the bible in terms of well-known and memorized the mm. first is John 3.16, this would be in the top five at least. But it's also just a powerful passage because... And it's it's one that I, I've talked about a lot. I've preached about on a fair bit, you know, shared in, in Bible studies and, and whatnot. And something that I love to share with people is the fact that this passage is often taken out of context. In fact, I was... I was on social media the other day and I saw this famous basketball player. I believe it was Dwight Howard, who's like a, a former professional NBA player, who used this passage to talk about how he won an NBA championship. And he's like, yeah, I can do all things through Christ, including winning an NBA championship. And we kind of talked about like sporting and, and the, the Bible and God and Jesus and winning and whatnot earlier in the show with the Texas Rangers. But the, the, what the Bible is actually saying, if we put this passage in context, this passage isn't saying, hey, you're going to win a sport competition or you're going to get rich, you're going to do this, that or the other. But the very clear message of this passage that, that Paul gives leading up to it, he says, in all things and at any moment, I have learned to be content. Mm. I can do all things through Christ. And that is truly like we, we sin was caused by, you could say, a, an artificial lack of contentment. It was that all of a sudden Adam and Eve were, were tempted into believing that what God had given them wasn't enough. Mm. And what Paul is saying here is like, no matter what situation I'm in, no matter where I am, no matter if I've lost everything or I've gained everything, I've learned to be content in Christ and what he Amen. has done for me.
You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We've come to the end of our show all too quickly. Stay on listening to the Tassie Encounters. And at 3.30 today, we have the Aussie pastor also. We want to leave you with a Bible verse to encourage you. A promise for today from Proverbs 23.18 says, There is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. We have a great and awesome God in every way. And remember to talk faith, live faith and act faith. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.